0: Good morning. Let's stand to our feet and worship our awesome God, who awakens us. And get your hands together.
1: Here we go. There were walls between us. You came and broke them down, you broke them down. There were chains around us. By your grace, we are no longer bound, no longer bound. You call me out of the grave, you call me into the light, you call my name, and then my heart came alive. Your love is greater, your love is stronger. Your love awakens, awakens, awakens me Your love is greater, your love is stronger Your love awakens, awakens, awakens me Feel the darkness shaking All the dead are coming back to life I'm back to life, hear the song awaken, all creation singing, we're alive, cause you're alive, you call me out of the you call me into the light. You call my name and then my heart came alive. Let's sing together. Your love is greater. Your love is stronger. Your love awakens, awakens, awakens me. Your love is greater. Your love is stronger. Your love awakens, awakens, awakens me and what a love we found. Death can't hold us down, we shout it out, we're alive cause you're alive and what a love we found, death can't hold us down, we shout it out, we're alive cause you're alive and what a love we found, death can't hold us down, we shout it out, we're alive cause you're alive Let's sing this together your love is greater your love is stronger your love awakens 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 me your love is greater your love is stronger your love awakens 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 me your love is greater Your love is greater, your love is stronger, your love awakens, awakens, awakens.
0: Amen. You may be seated.
2: Good morning. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Amen. He woke us up. He started us on our way. He put food on our table, joy in our heart. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. We are so happy that you are here to worship as we lift our hearts, we lift our hands, we lift our voices. And as we say each week, at your table, you will see an envelope, and inside the envelope, you will see a card. On the front of the card, it says, Welcome. But it also has three very important words. They talk about how we do ministry at Christ, the cornerstone. First, the life-giving love that God so freely shares with us through his son, Christ Jesus, in the power of the Holy Spirit, we share love with each other, with others, and that love does change lives. We serve. We take our time, our talents, our treasures, and we use them to help build the kingdom of heaven here on earth. And then also we engage we engage with those in this lost and hurt, hurting world to share Christ's love. On the back of the card, it says Connect. So if you would, please let us know that you're here. And also, please take the time to write a praise report or a prayer concern at the bottom of the card. Now, if you are joining us online this morning, you will see the Connect card online there is a button that says connect. You have the opportunity to let us know that you're here and to also write your praise report or prayer concern. At your table and also online, you will see the information for the Alpha class, which, jo- which, which begins today. Woo-hoo for Alpha, right? Woo-hoo. We're so excited about Alpha. And also, At your table or online, you will see the sermon card. You may write notes on the front. And we're in a series now that says, The Winter of Our Contentment, Come Find Peace in Christ. I need contentment winter, spring, summer, and fall. I'm not sure about you, but I know that I do. And on the back, you'll see the upcoming announcements for um, the, the month of January, 2024. If you are new here and you're in the room, at the end of this worship service, please, as you exit the celebration room to your left, you'll find a room called Connect Central. Someone will be there to greet you warmly and offer you a small gift, as well as have light conversation with you. If you're new here and you're online, please click the new here button that will ask you some minor questions, not very probing. And someone from the family care ministry will reach out to you during the week to welcome you. Again, we say welcome, welcome, welcome. We are so glad that you are here. May the Lord richly bless and keep you is our prayer. And we ask that you turn your attention to the screens on your left and right where we'll hear the weekly announcements from Lynn.
3: To CTC and thanks for spending part of your weekend with us. We have a lot going on at our campuses, so we wanted to take a few minutes and get you caught up. For the past several weeks, we have been telling you about some important congregational meetings coming up. The first one is a town hall meeting this weekend, Sunday, January 14th at 1230 PM at our Ellesmere campus. This meeting will be to further discuss the elders' proposal to join the Global Methodist Church. Then, on Saturday, February 3rd at 2 p.m. at the Bear Campus, we will meet to vote on that proposal. Absentee ballots may be requested by calling the Bear Campus office at 302 836 2862 or emailing Gwen Montague at gmontaguectcde.church. Absentee ballots must be requested by January 20, 2024. Our brand-new Alpha Group is beginning this weekend. Alpha is a small group study that helps create a space for honest conversation around some of life's biggest questions while promoting a safe and caring environment. Beginning on January 14th at 1045 a.m., our Bear campus will host a weekly Alpha Group. This study will meet weekly through March 17th. To learn more about Alpha, you can visit alphausa.org. To sign up, contact Chrissy Carroll at ccarroll at ctcde.church. As you know, we have transitioned from using the term member to ministry partner because we believe that God has called us all to serve together in partnership to see all people experience his love. Our next opportunity to become a ministry partner at CTC will be on Sunday, January 21st at 4 p.m. at the Bear campus. If you would like to become a partner with us, please contact the church office and let us know you're coming. Thanks for being here today. Our prayer is that you leave feeling encouraged and closer to God than ever. Please let us know if there's anything you need while you're here. You can find more information about all of our ministries by going to ctcde.church. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. Have a great week.
2: As we transition into a time of giving, I'd like to draw your attention again to the envelope at your table. Um, If you choose to give today, you may use that envelope. The envelope also contains a section for prayer requests. Prayer requests are very, very important. And just to let you know, any any prayer requests listed on the envelope or listed on your Connect card when submitted are submitted confidentially and groups pray over them. Through the week. At Christ the Cornerstone, we have a um, very, very clear uh, statement on our relationship with giving. The Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver, and that is how we give. Whatever the Lord places on your heart to give is what you should do. And we also have scripture that supports our beliefs. And I'm going to ask if you can to stand to your feet as we do this week's scripture. Okay. The scripture is not listed, so what I will say is that any offering that you give to God is given back out of a spirit of gratitude Out of of a spirit of faithful stewardship and with the firm belief that everything that you give, God will press that blessing down, he will shake it, he will stir it, and then he will pour out a blessing so rich that you cannot imagine your blessings will be running over. So I'm going to ask that you bow your heads now as we pray for our blessing and if you are able to continue to stand as we continue in worship dear dear heavenly father we thank you lord we bless your name from the rising of the sun unto the going down of the same if we had 10,000 tongues we could not praise you enough lord thank you for giving us hands hands to be your hands in this world thank you lord for giving us feet to be your feet Let us walk in shoes of righteousness, Lord. Let us proclaim your gospel throughout this land. And, Father, everything that we give, we give back to you only a portion of what you have so freely and richly given to us. We thank you, Lord. We love you. We bless your holy name. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Well, good morning. For those of you who don't know me, this is about my third time coming to this church, so thank you for having me again. My name's Dez Des Childs, and on piano I have my friend Cade Padilla, and um, we're just so excited to be here. It is always an honor to lead you in worship, and um, before we sing this next song, it's called Who You Say I Am. I'm sure you've heard it plenty of times, you sung it plenty of times, but I just wanted to point out a really important part of the song, and it says that there's a place for me. I'm a wife, and I'm a mom of two kids. My two kids are right over there watching their uh, Nintendo Switch and my phone. (laughs) But as a mom, it's kind of hard to not, you know, get my identity wrapped up in being a mom or being a wife. And for so many years, my identity was a worship leader or a singer or a songwriter or whatever the season I was in. And I just want to remind you, and I'm sure you know this and I'm sure you've heard it, but there is a place for you in the church. You have a gift and you have a calling, but that is not your identity. Your identity, no matter where you're at and how old you are, is that you're a child of God. And if you have accepted Jesus as your Savior, that is your permanent, eternal identity. Because you don't know what tomorrow brings. You don't know what job you're going to hold or what title you're going to have. But cling to that. Because you are first and foremost God's son or God's daughter. And that's going to give you the most joy and peace and hope in this life until we enter into eternity and see him face to face. So, as we sing this song for the millionth time, I'm sure, just be refreshed with that knowledge. That God loves you, and that's your identity. You're his child.
4: Who am
1: I that the highest king would welcome me? I was lost, but he brought me in. always oh, his love for me. Yes, his love for me. Oh, the sun sets free. always oh, free indeed. How much I. Ransom me, his grace runs deep. While I was a slave to sin, Jesus died for.
0: it's going to lead us in this next song. It's called Build My Life.
4: We live
5: there is none beside you Open up my sure
0: going to join me up here. We're going to get a little funky right now. So it's okay to dance, but we're going to have a good time right now. It's going to be a
5: good time, guys.
0: This is called I Thank God. All right, Kate, here we go.
5: Wandering to the night Wanting a place to hide This weary soul This vagabond And I'll try with all my might But I just can't win the fight I'm slowly drifting A vagabond And just when I reach. on solid ground. I thank the master. I thank the savior because he healed my heart. He changed my name forever free. I'm not the same. I thank the master. I thank the savior. I thank God. That's it. That's your part. Whoa! I cannot deny what I'm I had no choice but to believe my doubts are burning like ashes in the wind. So long. So so long to my old friends. Burning and bitterness, you can't just keep it moving. Now you ain't welcome here. From now till I walk streets of gold i sing of how you saved my soul. This wayward son is found his way back. Oh, 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 he picked me up and turned me around and placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the master, I thank the savior because he healed my heart. He changed my name forever. I thank the master I thank the Savior I thank God this next part we're gonna sing it together here we go hell lost
4: another one I am
1: free you sing I am free
4: I am
1: free
4: hell
5: lost another one I am free
4: I
1: am free I am free They lost another one I am free I am free I am free They lost
5: another one I am free I am free I am free They lost another one I am free I am free I am free They lost another one Picked me up and turned me around and place my feet on solid ground. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior because he healed my heart, he changed my name. Forever free, I'm not the same. I thank the Master, I thank the Savior. I thank the Savior, because He healed my heart. He changed my name, forever free. I'm not the same. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior. I thank, Savior. I thank, Savior. I thank God.
2: Oh, 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 I thank God. Amen this morning because great is the lord and greatly to be praised there's something about that name the name of jesus the name that can turn your entire life around praise god for the sacrifices of his son at calvary's cross amen amen i'm going to invite sister april Where are our babies who are going to Children's Church? Won't you join us up here? Just a moment. If you're going to Children's Church, come come on up. Tristan
0: and Zoe, (laughs) come up here. Those are my babies. I know. Tristan and Zoe.
2: Come on, if you would. I'm going to ask everyone else to extend their right hand towards our children as we pray for them. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the precious gift of your children, and as they light and delight our hearts, we remind ourselves that we are all your children. But Father God, please prepare their minds, prepare them as they go to Children's Church to learn more about you and how to live a life in Christ. Be with them. Let them have a fun time. Strengthen them, build them up, and keep them, Lord, so that they never depart from this way, and that is the way of life, the way of truth, the way of hope, the way of salvation, the way of peace, Lord. Make all of us your instruments. And, Father, as we turn our hearts to hear a message from you, Please be with the messenger of the day, Lord. Pastor Bill, he has studied for this time. He is willing, Lord. He wants to, but only by the power of your precious Holy Spirit can you make him able. Let the word that he brings that's given directly from you, let it not fall on fallow ground, Lord. Open the windows of our mind. Let us be encouraged. Let us be changed. Let us leave here different than when we came. Give us the strength to run on, Father God. Be with us. We ask in Jesus' name. We pray. Amen.
6: Amen. Thank you, friend. Good morning. Good morning. I want to say thanks to uh, Des and Cade. Uh, Dez's husband Steve is back on the soundboard today. Yeah, give him a. They have filled in for me several times when I've not been here, uh, and I've gone back and watched the uh, the recording, of course, of the service. But being here and being able to be in a live worship service with them was just a real blessing. And so I know that whenever we mention that um, uh, that I'm not going to be here and they're coming, uh, everybody gets so excited. And I try not to take that personally, but uh, I'm happy that they're able to be here today, and I'm happy that you're able to be here today, Pastor. Roger and Carolyn are off this week. Uh, Emily and DJ are in town from Florida, and so they've taken this week off. And uh, so we're going to spend this morning together. Amen? You ready? All right. We've been talking for the last uh, six weeks or so about, uh, we've been in this series called The Winter of Our Contentment. And we've been talking about ways that God wants us to be content on the journey that he has us on, each of us on. We've been looking at concepts like gratitude and letting go of strife. And last week, uh, Pastor Roger talked about letting go of the baggage that we carry in our lives that weighs us down. All of these are ideas that lead us to be able to be content, as I said a minute ago, on that journey that God has each one of us on. Each one of our journeys is unique. We're all at a different place in our lives Excuse me. at any given time. And so it's important for us to recognize where we are on that journey and just take it all in and allow God to do in us what he wants to do. Today, we're going to look at the idea that contentment comes through focusing on Jesus in a message entitled The Comparison Trap. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you for today. We thank you for the journey that you have us on. And today, Lord, in these moments that we have together, speak to our hearts. By your Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Social media is a great tool. Would everybody agree that social media is a great tool? It keeps us in contact with people that are far away, keeps us in contact with people that uh, I'm in contact with people that I went to high school with and that I went to college with and that I traveled on the road with in full-time ministry, and I'm in touch with some people that I don't necessarily want to be in touch with all the time, but still we We make that connection on social media, and it's a great tool to do that. But social media is also a place where we can find ourselves with this dangerously uh, bad self-talk because we look at social media, and compared to other people's lives, our lives are a mess, right? Am I the only one that thinks that? Yeah, okay. So we become obsessed. We become obsessed with our appearance Obsessed with our possessions, obsessed with our image, obsessed with crafting just the right image to put out on social media so everybody looks at us and goes, hmm, they they got it all together, don't they? When really none of us have it all together, do we? So in becoming obsessed with all these things, you know, I'm just fine driving my 2017 Toyota Highlander until I realize that that car don't drive itself, and now I need a Tesla. Right, I'm just fine with the house that I'm living in until somebody builds a bigger, more beautiful, more brand new house and then all of a sudden I'm making this comparison. I'm good with my performance on my job. Everything's going along fine until somebody I don't like gets a promotion that I want. And then we start to compare. Somebody's always getting better grades than you are in school. Somebody's U Version Bible app streak is in triple digits, and I'm over here trying to do two days in a row. And we're always come see that's another thing. But when if you're on the U Version Bible app, you can have friends on the Bible app, and you can go and spy on them and see how long their U Version Bible app streak is. That's kind of humbling sometimes to go in and see what other people are doing. But in all this, we just begin to compare ourselves with other people. And comparison is dangerous because here's what happens. We compare our worst days with everyone else's highlight reel. And we all have those, don't we? We have these days where we're out on a Saturday afternoon with our family and everybody's behaving themselves and the weather is cooperating and your iPhone has never taken such beautiful photographs. And they all end up on social media in this album. And you title it, Best Day Ever. And it's great. We put it out there. And we put it out there for everybody to see. This is what a great life I have. And then tomorrow morning, you get up and you look in the mirror. And your hair is not combed and your teeth aren't brushed. And you're like, where did yesterday go? What happened? What happened to that day yesterday? When we compare... We become discontent, and that's not where Jesus wants us to be. Jesus wants to, us to kill that comparison trap and live in the contentment that comes when we focus on him. So today we want to talk about three things that, can, that uh, comparison does in our lives, and then we want to talk about two things that we can do to get beyond that comparison trap. And the first thing is comparison kills contentment. We just gave you a few examples of, you know, the car that you drive, the house that you live in, the income bracket that you're in, the the station you are in life compared to someone else. When we start comparing those things, we become discontent. Paul writes in Galatians chapter 6, verses 3 and 4, if anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. Pride in ourselves, so we can take pride in ourselves, right? Take pride in the things that we do, do them with excellence and do them to the best of our ability, but when we are comparing that with someone else, then that brings pride into the, into the equation. So who's the measuring stick to begin with? Please don't say it's me. Because you don't want to be comparing yourself to me. You don't want to be comparing yourself, no offense, but to anybody else in this room. Because the measuring stick is Jesus Christ. Amen? He's the one who came and was born and lived a sinless life and still died on a cross in our place to purchase for us our salvation. So he's the measuring stick. Now I struggled with this hard In the beginning of our ministry. Now, we've been doing this for 34 years almost. And early in our ministry, I I struggled really hard with this, always looking at what other worship pastors and what other churches were doing and comparing what I was doing with what they were doing. So I wanted to know how many people are in your church? How many people are in your music ministry? How big is your music budget? How big was your last Christmas production? All those things mattered to me because I had this idea in my head that I needed to live up to someone else's standard instead of walking in the journey that God had me on. And the sad part about all that is that living in that comparison kept me blinded to the things that God actually was doing and wanted to do in me and in our ministry. It kept me focused on everything except pleasing God. It affected every decision I made. It affected every relationship I cultivated. All of those things became tools to get me to where I thought I needed to be to be respected. I wasn't engaged in one single healthy, authentic relationship outside of my wife. Don't look at her. She will tell you that that's true. And our relationship was authentic, right? It still is, okay. Okay. Not a single one, because everyone that I became friends with, I wanted to use to leverage to get myself to the next place, to the next highest rung on the ladder, and it always kept me chasing other oppor- better oppor- Grass is greener, right? On the other side? No, the grass is greener where we take care of it, where we water it, where we cultivate it, where we fertilize it, where we cut it when it's supposed to be cut, where we take care of it. That's where the grass is greener. But when we're looking at our grass compared to someone else's, it always keeps us chasing after something else, and it kept me in that situation instead of learning to build something meaningful by building people and not kingdoms. Comparison kills contentment. The second thing is comparison can leave us prideful. Comparison can leave us prideful. What happens when we get that brand new house, when we get that job promotion, when we make it to that income bracket, when we whatever, the ladder that we're climbing, what happens when we get there? Well, I'll tell you what would have happened in my life had I gotten to where I was comparing my life to everyone else's, I would have become prideful, 100% I can tell you. I would have become prideful in whatever it is that I was doing because I was doing it, because I was too dumb to recognize that God was doing something in me, or he wanted to do something in me, and all I was doing was looking at other places, at other people. Jesus was teaching a parable about approaching God in prayer, and he described this scene that on either side of a room there was a Pharisee on one side and a tax collector on the other side. And in Luke chapter 18, verses 11 and 12, we read this. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people. Robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give a tenth of all I get. Mm. That and $5 will get you a Starbucks wow, I can't talk, a cup of coffee at Starbucks, right? All of those things. That is a prideful comparison. Can we all agree on that? The, the tax collector and the Pharisee, because over here on the other side, the tax collector is just beating his chest and saying, woe am I, God have mercy on me, I am a sinner. And that's the, that's the place where he wants us to be pride sets in when we get to that place that we're striving for if that's all we're doing is comparing our situation to someone else if our comparison is some with someone else is the standard then when we get there now here i love everybody uses gps right now i love to use apple maps instead of google maps because when i map something out with apple maps when i get there do you want to know what she says you have arrived You have arrived. And I was like, thank you. Yeah, man, I've arrived. None of us will have ever arrived as long as this skin is wrapped around us. We will only have arrived when we reach the other side. And he says, well done. Right? C.S. Lewis said this. He said, pride gets no pleasure out of having something. Only having more of it than the next man. It is the comparison that makes you proud. The pleasure of being above the rest. Once the element of competition is gone, the pride is gone. Now, I would run into friends at conferences that do what I do, and they would tell me about their ministry, and I'm not saying they were bragging to hold it over me at all, because I'm sure that they were in healthy places on their journey uh, in life, but I can guarantee you that that's why I didn't enjoy more success early on in ministry or my perceived success. Because if I would gotten there, as I said a minute ago, 100% I would have gotten prideful and looked down on other people because, well, you don't have what we have. Is it okay if I be this honest today? Comparison can leave us prideful, comparison can also leave us jealous. Now, if we're on the other side of the equation and we are looking up at someone, it can leave us jealous when we're comparing what we have to what someone else has or what we are or what station in life or where we are even spiritually. When we compare ourselves with someone else that we perceive as above us, it can make us jealous. Proverbs 14.30 says, A peaceful heart, leads to a healthy body. Jealousy is like cancer in the bones. Jealousy is like cancer in the bones. The bones are the very structure of our body, right? So you think of something that, think of your home. You get a termite infestation in your home. What's happening? The termites are eating the framing from the inside out and you could drive by a house for months maybe even years that's infested with termites and you don't see any difference until one day because enough of the framing has been eaten away the whole thing falls in on itself jealousy is one of the most dangerous emotions that we can ever have because it's like a cancer in our bones proverbs says we look at other people how did they afford to buy that car How did they afford to take that vacation? How did they afford to buy that house? How did they afford to send their kid to that college? Everybody who has that, or pretty much everybody who has that attitude of jealousy, they all say the same thing, don't they? You know what it is? Must be nice. You're excited to tell somebody that God has blessed you with a new car. And the response is, must be nice. You're excited to come back and and share with everybody the details of your two-week cruise in Europe that God blessed you with, that you saved for for 10 years, that nobody else knows this. But you've come back from that dream vacation and somebody looks at you and says, must be nice. Why? Because they're jealous. Because... They're not content. We are not content with where we are because we want to be where someone else is. And we have no idea what it took that person to get where they are. Whatever we have is not enough because it's not what someone else has. And wherever we are is not enough because it's not where someone else is. That's what happens when we get jealous. Now, when our kids were growing up, especially our son, they, I spent a lot of time just being jealous of other parents because they had these kids that were just, you know, kids in our church, they were just so well-behaved, and my son is just a lunatic. Come on, can I get an amen from the parents that have lunatic children? And I just look at him and go, I didn't, wouldn't always say this, but I'm like, why can't you just act like other people's kids? we were in Pittsburgh, Ryan had a friend, still does have a friend. They will be lifelong friends. Our kid's pastor's son, they were a little less than a year apart in age. Ryan's a little older. Ryan and Connor were always in some kind of trouble at the church. Here's how bad it was. One day, Pastor Keith, our kid's pastor and I, we went and knocked on the lead pastor's door. He invited us in. We came in and we sat down. He said, what can I do for you boys? And we just looked at each other and I said, Pastor Leek, we just want to say we're sorry. He said, for what? I said, I don't know, but there'll be something. Between our two kids, there'll be something. He's like, oh, everything will be fine. You know, they'll be fine. Well, a couple of months later, it was on a Wednesday night. We we had these Wednesday night activities, rangers and missionettes and other things for for the kids and classes for the adults. My wife and the kids pastor's wife were visiting in one of the foyers in the church. And here comes Mr. Randy. And he's got Ryan on one side and Connor on the other side by the collar, and they are soaking wet. And already, June and Debbie are trying not to laugh. They're trying not to. They're trying to be respectful because Mr. Randy looks mad. And he gets there with the boys, and, and uh, Debbie says, what What happened? said, these boys were in the bathroom wadding up toilet paper and wetting it and throwing it up and sticking it to the ceiling. And that's why they were wet. Because not only were they getting the toilet paper wet in the sink, but when they, they threw it straight up. So it would hit the ceiling and the water would come straight down. And maybe that was part of the plan. Maybe that was part of the fun of it. But that night I was like, why can't you just act like other people's kids? Why can't you just behave yourself? Then at another time, there was a sword fight that happened between Connor and his dad's tree in his office. And all, this, all the while that was happening, my son was over at Pastor Keith's computer coating his computer screen in glue stick. Because he wanted to protect Pastor Keith's computer screen. So we covered it in glue stick. Then there was one day where we were doing upward basketball, and it was snowy outside. It was, to tell you how much snow we had on this particular winter in Pittsburgh, we had like 12 or 15 entrance doors into the church. Every door had a five-gallon bucket of rock salt sitting next to it. That's how much snow we had. So I had finished coaching a basketball game, and I went downstairs to go to the restroom, and I see this rock salt all the way down the hall in the kid's wing on the carpet. And I stepped down there. I was like, who in the world did this? And I looked up, and down at the other end of the hall, there's Ryan and Connor standing with the bucket and a shovel. Why did you guys do this? Well, it's icy outside, Dad, and, and we didn't want people to come in and slip and fall. Okay, so at some point, I'm starting to see, okay, you're, you're not acting the way that I want you to. And I'm jealous because you won't just sit down like somebody else's kid, but now I'm starting to see a pattern. The glue stick was intended to protect Pastor Keith's computer monitor, and the rock salt was intended to help other people so that they wouldn't fall. Now as time goes on, my son Ryan starts to emerge as this person who just wants to serve, served in the homeless ministry. He was 13 years old, and our homeless ministry would call us and say, hey, we're going out this weekend. Can Ryan go with us? Because he would talk to any, and still will, he would talk to anyone. Because he just wants to serve people. And today, that's what makes him a great fireman. Because he just wants to serve people. But all those years ago, I was just jealous because he wouldn't act like someone else. Now, part of that is because, you know, I'm sure this never happened here, but we had these church ladies who just had this expectation of how pastor's kids ought to act, right? And so they would let us know and they would let our kids know on a regular basis, you're a pastor's kid, you should know better than that. Now, I'm sure that never happened here or anywhere else. But we see those things and we just kind of like, we're just, man, why can't you just behave yourself? But we never understand what kind of journey we're on or anybody is on Almost never until we kinda until we get there. And then I look back and I see here's Ryan, and he just wants to help people. He just wants to serve people in any way that he can. So in all of this, in all of this thing that these things that we're talking about, about things that comparison does, what's the missing ingredient in all of that? Contentment. The missing ingredient is contentment. And here's what happens. When we compare, we begin to resent God's goodness in other people's lives and ignore His blessing in our own. And I did this for so long early on in ministry. For so long. For the first six or seven years of ministry. But now I look back And I can see that even from the very beginning, even from those times when I was most discontent and most wanted to find another situation, it was then that God really started to birth in me something that is really at the top of my priority list even still today, and that is mentoring young musicians. I love to do that. I love to work with young musicians. I love to give them an opportunity to to do things and, and to see them do even greater things than I have done. Because it's not a competition. God has given each of us a gift, and so I think about this one young man, the first young man that I ever had a chance to to mentor. He was about 12 or 13 when we first started. He was learning to play the guitar. He was learning to play the saxophone, wanted to learn how to play the piano, got involved in our worship band and, and grew as a musician, started to sing a little bit, eventually grew up and went to college and became a worship pastor because of me, maybe, I don't know but for sure because God placed a call on his life. And so now I look at this young man and he has an exciting, vibrant, vital ministry at his local church in South Carolina. And not only that, but he hosts a podcast for worship leaders on a weekly basis that touches thousands of worship pastors all over the country. Now, I don't say this pridefully at all. I say this completely as humbly as I possibly can Because even though I was constantly in a state of comparing and wanting to jump off and go somewhere else, and I didn't necessarily see the things that God was doing or that He wanted to do in me, He was beginning something that would last for way longer than I could ever even imagine. He was doing something significant for His kingdom. And now, again, I don't say this pridefully at all. I say this humbly and usually with a lot of emotion. I usually can't get through saying something like this, but I have like 20 sons and daughters in the ministry today because I decided that I didn't care if one of these kids grew up and could sing better than me or was a better conductor or a better guitar player or a better keyboard player. I didn't care because it didn't matter. Because I have a journey, and they have a journey. And if I could encourage their journey... Now, Craig Groeschel says this, and I think it's primarily about children, but I take it to mean just about anybody that we can have a mentor relationship with, and that is sometimes the most significant thing you can do for the kingdom is not something that you do, but someone you raise. So somebody that we mentor... Whether it's for ministry or whether it's on a job situation or whether it's just in your community and you're just trying to encourage somebody to follow after God, all of those things matter. If you follow college football at all, then you know that just recently uh, the University of Michigan won the National College Football Playoff National Championship. Jim Harbaugh is their coach. His brother John is the coach of the Baltimore Ravens and their dad Jack uh, has coached. A number of teams uh, for a long time. Now they've all won a championship, finally. Jim has won a championship. In fact, he said this week, I can finally sit at the big people's table when I go to holidays because my dad won a championship, my brothers won a championship, and now finally I have. The boys, when they were growing up, they grew up in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and Jack was an assistant coach under legendary coach Bo Schembechler at the University of Michigan, and they grew up very humbly the boys had to share a room they lived in a very small house and here's how humbly they lived they didn't even have a car of their own but there was a car dealership in ann arbor that had this program where coaches at the university of michigan could drive their extra dealer cars so that was their car and they only had one so sometimes mom had it and sometimes dad had access to it so sometimes they would go out and dad and the boys were going somewhere and the car wouldn't be there and Dad was like, no car today, boys, we're walking. So despite all of that, Jack and his wife, and forgive me, I can't remember her name right now, but Jack and his wife only wanted to instill in those two boys the attitude of being grateful for whatever you have. The attitude of being grateful for whatever you have. So their family developed this mantra, this chant, so to speak, that would go back and forth. And Jack would say, who has it better than us? And the answer was nobody. Now, in the natural, they could all look around and go, well, yeah, plenty of people have it better than us because all these people are living in big houses and they have multiple vehicles and they have all this stuff at their disposal and we got nothing. But they were grateful for what they have and they didn't compare it to anybody else. Who has it better than us? Nobody. So now, how do we live without comparing? First thing is we recognize what we have. Paul wrote this from prison in Philippians chapter 4, and we love to quote this scripture, Philippians 4.13, and we always misuse it. So bear with me here because we're going to read the whole thing. Philippians 4, 11 through 13. Paul says, from prison, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. That's when he says, I can do all this through him, who gives me strength being content in whatever situation comes from the strength that we have in Jesus Christ who came and gave his life for us so recognize what we have second thing is accept who you are ephesians 2:10 says we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. A long time ago, I had to accept that there were always going to be people who were better looking than me, better singers, better musicians than me, richer than me. But Des said it at the beginning of the service today, who I am is not attached to any of that. Who I am is not attached to any of that. My worth comes from Jesus Christ. Amen? Comparison is 100% rooted in fear. Can I get an amen or an oh me? Fear that someone else is smarter, fear that someone else is wealthier, fear fear that someone else is better looking, better, more, more educated, fear that we have to perform at a certain level in order to be liked or accepted. Fear that we can't allow ourselves to be content with the journey that God has us on because someone else is going to look down on us. Now, last week, I set you up. You didn't know this, but I set you up last week because knowing what we were going to talk about today, we stood in this room, all three services, and we sang these words. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. We sang them over and over again. I sought the Lord, and He heard, and He answered. And the more we sang it, the more excited we got. I sought the Lord, and He heard, and He answered. And that comes directly from Psalm 34, verse 4, where in the NIV, it says this. It says, I sought the Lord, and He answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Now, in our Americanized version of Christianity, which we do have... Whether we know it or not, we do have this Americanized version of Christianity. We make this verse read, I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and all my troubles disappeared. And that is not what it says. Because as many of us as were excited about singing those words over and over again last week, I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. Somebody or multiple somebodies were standing out here saying, yeah, well, I sought the Lord. And I haven't heard a thing. I still have all these circumstances. I still have all these troubles. I still have all these things, this stuff in my life. But I sought the Lord. Where's my answer? Will you stand with me today? Here's what I want you to consider. That maybe when we sing those words... I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. I sought the Lord, and he answered me, and he delivered me from all my fears. Maybe we're looking for the wrong thing to happen. Maybe what we need to say is, God, I'm seeking you, and I'm asking you to deliver me from fear. I'm afraid of these circumstances. I'm afraid of where I am. I'm afraid that I'm not living up to someone else's expectations. I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fear. What if we could say, even though I'm in this struggle, I'm content and I'm not afraid. What if we could say, I'm content to know that even if there is no miraculous intervention... Even if my circumstances don't change, I'm content to rest in the Lord and let him do his work. We've talked many times in this room about the idea of worship being like a coat. We all wore coats when we came in today. And when you leave, you will put on that coat and you will go outside in the weather. When you put on that coat and you go outside in in the weather, the weather doesn't change coat changes you in the weather. Worship might not change our circumstances. Seeking the Lord might not change our circumstances but it changes us in those circumstances. And we can say I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of what's going to happen. I'm not afraid of what might not happen. When we live contented lives free from comparison we put ourselves in a position to allow God to grow in us His plan for us. Then there's no pride. There's no jealousy. There's just each one of us moving in the gift that we each have. Will you pray with me? God, we thank you today for your word. We thank you today for encouraging us to walk in the place that you have ordained for us. God, we thank you for the journey that each of us is on. And Lord, the body of Christ is built so that we can help each other along in our journey. Not look down on one another, not look at each other with jealousy because we're not where somebody else is. You have a place for each of us. So God, today, we pray that you would move among us. And Lord, if there's something that we need to offload today, if there's... If there's if we can look at that Psalm 34, 4, I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me. God, will you deliver us from the fear that we have about where we are in our journey and stop making these comparisons to everyone else? Again, a few minutes ago, we sang, I will build my life on your love. I will build my life on you, God, God. Because anything else is sinking sand. So I just want to encourage you today, folks, right where you're standing, or if you're worshiping with us online, right where you are at home, just take a minute and say, God, will you deliver me from the fear? God, will you deliver me from the fear that I have of where I am? Will you deliver me, Lord, from the fear and the insecurity of thinking that other people are looking down on me because, guess what? They might be. But if other people are looking down on you because of where you are, because you're not where they are, guess what? That's not a you problem. That's a them problem. When we are following after God and asking Him, asking Him to take us on this journey, He will remove that fear. So God, today we pray that you would do that. Right now, I just want to invite you, if you want to come to the altar and just kneel and pray and say, God, I need you to take this from me. I need you to take this fear away from me. Again, maybe you're worshiping online and you're saying, God, I need you to deliver me from this fear. He can do it right now. He can begin a process in us right now where this fear begins to disappear and we become who he wants us to be. We pray this prayer with me? Dear God, I thank you for your son Jesus, for his sacrifice, for his love, and for his care. Today, God, I give you all my circumstances, all my decisions, all my relationships. Let them line up with your word and your will. Teach me, God, how to live free of comparison. And I will be free indeed in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Can you give the Lord praise today? God, we thank you for who you are. And we thank you that above everything, you want us to walk in complete peace about who we are and what we're doing. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. As we close the service today, I still want to let you know that the the altar is open. Uh, Des is going to share with us a song that she has written. Uh, So you can remain standing. You can come to the altar if you want to. But uh, I want you to dwell on the lyrics to this song. It's a beautiful song, and it will encourage you. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us. Have a great week.
0: Thank you all so much um, for having us you want to dance your way to the altar for this next song it's quite the dance song um that's totally fine but I really felt that message was for me this morning and I hope that you felt the same way um definitely being a singer songwriter it's it's easy to compare myself to other singers and songwriters who have tons of success and streams and followers and I have the pleasure of having a son who is a lunatic so that's fun um, but this next song is about fear. I have an anxiety disorder. I've had it ever since I was six years old. And um, it's just something that I struggled with. So I know what it means to fear. This song is based off of Psalm 18.2. It says, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. He's my shield and the horn of my salvation. He's my stronghold. This song is called My Escape, and it's available wherever you stream music. My name's Des Childs. You can Google me, and you'll find some of my music and uh, what I do. So I hope you enjoy this song, and I hope you have a blessed day. Hit it, Steve. Oh, wait, that's me. <laughs> that was my cue.
1: Feeling down, feeling low today And there's a cloud that is covering up my face I want some peace just to get away I know that you are, that you are my hiding place Cause you are, yes you are good I know that you are No, I'm not alone, God, you're my escape You hold it all, you hold the world in place So there's no need to fear Cause you, O Lord, will draw me near Your mercy and your grace Will get me through the day You'll get me through this day Cause you are, yes, you are good I know that you are You're my escape In the wind and the waves You're my escape When I can't find my way Through the night, through the dark Down in my lowest place I know I'm not alone
0: so much for having us you are welcome to leave or you can come up for prayer is that right pastor bill where can they come up right up here and there will be people here to pray for you god bless you may the lord bless you and keep you go in peace